encouraged to, to focus on, as we looked at verses 1 through 11 on God's presence in our midst and how Jesus is central and how the presence of God is, is central to our experiencing life together. And we also uh, recognize as we begin that passage of Scripture that Paul, uh, in his encouragement to us as a church, in his encouragement in this letter to the church of Corinth, was also identifying some ways in which the church was not walking together in unity in a way that would be uh, representative of the Spirit of God. And primarily, Paul, in this passage of, of Scripture, as he encourages the churches, is encouraging them to not place gifts specifically, and in this context of Scripture, specific gifts um, ahead of Jesus, and not to emphasize gifts or specific gifts um, ahead of our love and our encouragement for one another as the body. And so today we're going to keep on looking um, in this chapter 12, and starting with verse 11, um, at the end of this last section, I want to use verse 11 as a, uh, a scripture that joins these two themes together, because chapter 12, Paul is talking about this unity and diversity, and he's using di different illustrations, and we're going to look at one of his illustrations um, today as we look at the following verses um, in regards to the body, the body of Christ. So read with me verse 11 through 27. As you were reminded last week, and I try to remind you regularly, I love it when you bring your Bibles. They can be in hard copy form. I actually walked out of the office without my hard copy I was going to look at today, so I'll look on the screen with you. But you can look at your phones, your iPads, uh, your laptops. Uh, if you want to, you can bring in your whole server. That'll be a, take a little bit more work. You can do whatever you want to as long as you're looking at the Word of God. I, I, I don't even care if, I mean, I do care, but even if you get caught looking at something other than the Word of God, I'm just believing on your phone that Jesus is going to appear and say, get back to the Bible. Uh, so um, but we, we, want you to, we want you to handle the Word of God, because if you're just taking what I'm saying and taking it in at face value and not applying your own study and your own thinking to the Scripture, then you're... you're you're not maturing as the believer and disciple that Christ wants you to be. You need to be looking at this with me. You need to be cross-referencing what's going on. I encourage you to do your own study so that you are rightly handling the Word of God, not just trusting that I will. There are times when I will say things that are wrong. It's amazing, isn't it, Derek? Can you imagine that? There are times when I walk away and I go, you know what? I'm not quite sure that I hit the mark on that one. Sometimes I'll come back, back and tell you. Sometimes you'll come and tell me. And some of you have made appointments with me to let me know. You're not quite sure that you like what I said from up here. That's good. I actually, you, I actually want you to do that. I want you to hold me accountable as I hold you accountable through the Word of God. Okay, so let's look at it together. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 11 through 27. It is the one and only Spirit, the Spirit of God, who distributes all of these gifts. And the gifts were just um, um, given to you right before this verse, and we looked at them last week. He alone decides which gifts each person should have. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews. Some are Gentiles. Some are slaves and some are free, but we all have been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, 
not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell, smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to a hand, I don't need you, and the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do require this special care. Do not, I'm sorry, do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. Okay, now, the context of this letter of Paul is to the church. So let's make sure that we contextualize this passage of Scripture rightly. In any given assembly or gathering of people, there can be people in here, and I would, I would assume, because I know most of you, who are believers in Christ Jesus. The focus of this letter is to the church, which is those individuals who collect, who come together as believers and followers of Jesus Christ. In any setting, there could be unbelievers, and actually, Paul talks about this in chapter 14, and we'll talk about it in the coming weeks. At any given time, and probably today, there are people in our midst who have come as guests, who have come as friends, who have come as, as observers, um, maybe only to observe what this unique body of Christ does on Sunday morning at 1030 on Spruce Street in Waltham, Massachusetts. Some of us have come maybe not just as, as observers, but maybe there is a hunger and a desire for, for, for knowing if God is real or who God is, and maybe this church or this experience can add another piece of information or another experience to your seeking of who God is. But in the context of this analogy, in the context of this passage of Scripture, it's not just a group of people coming together that defines the unity or the working together that Paul is describing. But in the context of this passage of Scripture, he is denoting that those who put their faith in Christ are the body of Christ himself. That we are the body of Christ by faith in Jesus. So I want you to look around. First of all, before you look around, I want you to, if it's possible, and it's really not possible, is to look at yourself. You can't see your face unless you brought out a mirror. But I want you to look at yourself, not just physically, but I want you to look at yourself with your mind's eye, spiritually, emotionally, experientially. I want you to take a survey of your life in 30 seconds. 
And I want you to think about who you are. Try to do that right now. Time's up. It's pretty impossible for you to have a full, comprehensive understanding of yourself in 30 seconds, isn't it? When I, when I practiced this exercise myself as I was preparing, I got past age three. And then I added a little bit of the present context. I mean, there is so much about my life to take in in a short period of time. We are an unbelievably complex organism just one of us, from the time that you were born, in the experiences that you had, into the home that you were born, into the city in which you lived, into the cities in which you migrated to and from, depending on how migratory your family was, and mine was a migratory family. From city to city, town to town, relationships that you experienced that marked your life, not just in your family, but outside of your family. And we're not even getting to your spiritual life yet. And then you met Jesus, many of you, and you had an encounter with the living God. And something transformed your life in the way that Paul said that you were once a, a certain kind of person. And you were born again to a new life that's found in Christ Jesus. And all of a sudden, you not only have a past before Christ, but now you have a life in Christ and a new experience. Did you factor that into your 30-second journey through your life? And then all of a sudden, as a new believer, whether it was a week ago, and I pray that maybe there's some people in this room that just experienced Christ a week ago. That'd be awesome. Wouldn't it be great that we could be a church that, like Acts, it says that because the Spirit of God was dwelling among them, there were people that were being added to the Lord daily because of the life of Jesus in our midst. I pray that maybe there's some in this room that just this week experienced the life of Jesus Christ. But you encountered the living God, and then all of a sudden, the texture of your life became even more beautiful and, and varied and, and distinctive. And you've encountered Christ Jesus, and you've journeyed along the way, and your experiences with Christ and the Spirit of God living in you, and you've touched different people's lives. You've ministered to different people. How many of you took in in 30 seconds all the ways that you have ministered to people through Christ? And depending on how old you are, and that can be defined by the gray hairs that I see in the mirror when I look at myself each morning, depending on how old you are, add that, multiply that by whatever factor of life that you've experienced. And that is just you. Unbelievable. And now look around. And I want you to look around for 30 seconds, and I want you to do it like the Brady Bunch. I want you to look down and around. I want you to look every, so you can stand up. I Really, I want you to look at people, and I want you to take in, in 30 seconds, what you know and what you assume about the people that you're looking at right now. Do it. I want you to take it in. I know way too many of your stories, so I didn't even try. But the amount of input that I could receive from just knowing about five-minute conversations I've had with some of you, about two- or three-hour conversations I've had with others, about days and weeks that I have spent with some of you in life groups, if we were to add up the amount of time, 
to years that I've spent to, with some of you like David Pucci that I can't even get into all that I know about that man. <clears throat> I mean, at least can't make it public. <laughs> but we have all kinds of input and data around us based on what we see and know, but the diversity of expression and experience in life is exponential in this room. And Paul is saying that every experience, every gift, every supernatural encounter with the living God that is fused within you has been placed in this room today. If you're a traveling Christian, you're here on assignment today. And the Spirit of God, which is in you, assigned you to be here with us today. Isaiah, our bass player, he brought the gift of God with him this morning. We might see you again in this context, but if we only see Isaiah today, it was because God said, you know what? On this day and this year, as one of my children in the body of Christ, Isaiah is here by the Spirit of God to impart something that all of us need. Now, everyone who said amen, and all of you who didn't, but should have. <laughs> Isaiah is not a unique person in this room. As one who is in Christ Jesus my son Jonathan is laughing because he's thinking, yeah, he is. He's pretty unique. You are unique. That actually is in this past scripture as well. You are unique, and we are all one at the same time. Which means that in the same way that God brought Isaiah today, he brought you. And for those of us who call ourselves believers and fellowship together on a regular basis and say that Antioch Waltham is our church, he not only brought you here today by his spirit to be used in, in, in uh, expressing the life of God, but he has uniquely called you to this church so that this church can uniquely express the life of God to this city. So that when God looks down at Waltham, he sees Antioch Waltham as one of many churches in this area. And in that collective group of churches, he's saying, that is the body of Christ for this area. You get catching what I'm seeing? We cannot get away from the calling of God that is on our lives as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. We are uniquely created and we are uniquely positioned, this passage of scripture says, to glorify and to serve one another, glorify God and serve one another by the Spirit of God. He did not choose, we did not choose um, our giftings and how we have been created. And, and in, in many ways, for most of us, we didn't choose a lot of our experiences. Most of what has happened in our life has been a result of God and others. But God allows those things to happen. He uses those things that do happen. He gifts us in certain ways. He, he, he even mentions in this passage of Scripture suffering. There are times of suffering and hardship that we go through that God redeems so that we can be the people that he's created us to be, to serve in a unique way. You should, as I continue to speak, every person in this room, from the reading of Scripture, that alone should have done it for you. You should start to, you should start to feel your importance rise. You are important. 
every one of us. Every single one of you. Children, elderly, every one of you in between are important and purposeful in God's design for this world and this time. Let's go back to verse 12. Look at it again. The human body has many parts, but many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. So we form and represent as Christians the body of Christ. And that's the centrality of our identity is Jesus. We are the body of Jesus. You are baptized into the body of Jesus Christ. You have a, you've been identified as the body of Jesus Christ. Therefore, the entry point into this body illustration or this, this admonition from Paul to walk as one is through the door, the gate of the living Messiah, the Savior of all mankind, Jesus Christ. We get in through Jesus. This is an exclusive group. Oh, I don't like that. It's got to be open to everybody. Oh, it's open to everybody. There's not one person that's checked at the door. You didn't, you didn't, hear, the guest, you didn't, you didn't hear the ushers ask you or the greeters when you walked in the door, are you a believer in Jesus Christ? And if you answer no, we didn't send one of our bigger members of the body of Christ <laughs> to escort you out. Everybody is welcome in this church. Everybody is welcome to inquire. Everybody is welcome to disagree. Everybody is welcome to leave. It's not a cult. You can get out. You can come and you can go. But Christ Jesus has said that if you are really in, you are in by the blood of the Lamb. You are in by faith in Jesus Christ. You can come to this experience and observe. You can come and inquire. You can come and critique. You can come and you can leave. But if you are in, you are in. And that in comes through Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, for our salvation that has been given to us because you willingly chose to lay down your life for me and all of us. And we thank you, Jesus, that it wasn't by my righteous acts or my good deeds or my philosophical acumen or any intellectual pursuit, but it was because you said that I could experience forgiveness and hope by putting my faith and trust in you alone. That there's no work that I had to do to know you and to get in. There were no dues I had to pay. There was nothing that was required of me except that I believe and humble myself before Jesus. And Jesus, I thank you that in my humility, you forgave me and you exalted me and you lifted me up to a place of honor, not because I'm a great man, but because you are a great God. That is church. And that is Paul's introduction that we have been baptized 
into Christ's body. And we have been filled with him. Our identity is Jesus. We are Antioch Jesus. I am Sean Jesus. We are Life Group Jesus. We are Usher Team Jesus. Our identity is Jesus. In Christ and in the church, we are no longer separated by race and religion or social status. In the world, there are ways in which we separate ourselves from each other. There are ways in which we organize ourselves between the haves and the have-nots. There are ways in which we picket and, and define lines of separation by, based on our ideology and our opinions about things. But in the church, there is therefore now no dividing line. There's, there's no race that separates itself from another race. There's no social class that separates itself from a, another social class. We are one in Christ. United in Christ. And the beauty of the church, I believe, is when it becomes as diverse as the world describes itself, yet is centered on the love of Jesus Christ. I believe that uh, when it says every tribe and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, and we, uh, we, uh, we ascribe that to the picture of heaven, I believe God is saying, let's get that heaven into the earth right now. That every tongue and every tribe will bow their knee, their, their knee before the Lord, not in heaven, but here on earth. And that every tribe and every tongue will not only bow before Jesus, but the, the kingdom of God will come. If it's going to be like that in heaven, it better start being like that here on earth. And so we should be, we should be fighting for the right things. We should be laboring for the right things. We should be laboring to let the world see that in Christ we can love one another, that we can unite with one another, and that we can allow our differences to not shape us, but we allow Christ Jesus to shape us in the distinction of the unique ways in which he has created us to be. What I am not talking about is sinful behavior. What I'm not talking about is that we bring in our vices and our idols and embrace them because we are all different in the way that we worship the things of this world. No, Christ is very specific that we're called to be holy, that we're called to worship him and him alone. So there are things that Christ is not saying. We have moved into a world that if we, if we disagree with anything in somebody else's life, it's a sin. And then if we reject anything in the world, that it's a sin. No, there are things to reject. If it's sinful and it's immoral and it's defined by, by that way in Scripture, we are to reject that sin. We are to reject those ways of living and still love people. In, in our culture, we, we can't define, divide those two very easily anymore. But God can. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He died for our sin, so he said our sin was wrong, and yet at the same time while we were still sinning, he demonstrated that he loved us. So we can love people without loving their sin. I know it's not popular, but it is true, because that's what God did for us. That's what God did for me. He didn't ask me to stay in my sin in his love. He said, I want to free you from your sin. When saved, we were baptized 
by the Holy Spirit, and we share and drink of that Holy Spirit today. I talked about this last week. I believe that there are first, second, third, hundred encounters, thousands of encounters with the Holy Spirit. But when we get when we give our lives to Jesus and we ask Jesus to be our Lord and Savior, the only way that we can be saved is if the Spirit of God comes in us and saves us. Amen? So there are not believers without the Holy Spirit and believers with the Holy Spirit. There are believers who have the Holy Spirit. It's just a, it's the, only, the only distinction at times is how much of the Holy Spirit is going to have control of our life. All right, let me say it a different way. How much of our life is the Holy Spirit going to control? So we can be saved but we can be walking carnal and looking just like the world because we've allowed the world to lead us instead of the Holy Spirit leading us. So when the Holy Spirit leads us, we are drinking of the Holy Spirit. We are filled with the Holy Spirit, and we are gifted and filled for His works. Every day is a day of grace. How much will you be filled today? This is why I think, and I want you to listen here real quickly. Some of us walk because of our patterns of sin and our discouragement in our life, we walk into church or a life group or into a spiritual conversation, and we walk into it with shame because we've allowed the markings of our bad choices to define who we are in Christ Jesus. And therefore, we never, and devil's got us right where he wants us because we continue to walk under his authority and sin's authority, which has no authority over us, instead of acknowledging, you know what, I am sinful, and Lord, would you please forgive me, and believing that in that place of confession, that place of yielding in the Holy Spirit, that the Spirit of God can move powerfully through you in that moment, just like he can in somebody who hasn't sinned in 10 years, which would be a miracle. And that's why sometimes you can be walking around people who are carnal. Now listen to me, this has happened, and this is where you get confused. You can be walking around Christians who are living a carnal life, and then one day they, they, they grab a hold of the reality of who they are in Jesus, and they repent, and then something supernatural or powerful happens in their life, and you're like, why? God, that's not fair. I mean, they had like a powerful encounter with you, and, and somebody got saved and really encouraged, and they're sinners. They live like jerks all the time. The Spirit of God is saying the gifts of my, of my gifts are irrevocable. If I want to bless somebody through a carnal person who decided that they were humble and wanted to repent, what is it to you? I want to love somebody. Now, why do I say that? Because today is your day of grace. So if you're sitting around saying, I've got to work myself up to being, a, being in a place where God can use me, that is not biblical. Because you couldn't work yourself up to being usable anyway if you worked 100 years. Right? Quit thinking of yourselves more highly than you ought, Paul said. Think of yourselves in a way that says this, in me, in Christ in me, the hope and glory. Christ in me, I can do all things by his power and his strength. So today, no matter where you walk, where you walk in from or where you're walking to, if you humble yourself before God, you are a person as available as anybody else to be used. By his grace. Isn't that awesome? Okay, so you better, you should, remember your importance level is rising. You are important to God, and you can be used by God, and I'm running out of time. So we are different. Last part of this passage of scripture, we are different. Remember, we're thinking about this body that's saying, I'm not, 
if I'm an ear, I'm not an eye, and, and I must not be a part of the body of Christ. I don't need you. If he's got this whole image of that we are linked together like a body. We have sinews and joints and bones that pull us together, and it's by the Spirit of God, and we are one body. And so we are one body, and his, his point is we are not only one body, but we are gloriously different. Hallelujah. I am so unbelievably thankful that you are different than me. Because the world only needs one of me. I'm so thankful that I get to be a part of who you are. And how are we made differently? We are made differently um, by birth and the bodies that God's given us and the genes and the abilities he's given us. We see that in verse 13. We're made different based on our experiences. Verse 13 and 26. We're made different by our own salvation experience. Not that the salvation is different, but how we encountered God, what God brought us out of, and what he's bringing us into. That alone is beautiful to me. If we had an opportunity for every person to share their salvation story, it would be gloriously awesome, and we would be filled with worship and thanksgiving. We're, we're, we're made different by our experiences. If one part suffers, all parts suffer with it. If one part is honored, all parts are glad. We have different encounters in this world that make us different. And we have different gifts by the Spirit of God that God distributes and that we receive for His glory. So the final conclusion of this passage of Scripture that we see played out for us in this illustration, is that we are stuck with one another. Some people laugh and some people grimace. Like, I don't know which way to go with that statement, Pastor. Because when we're stuck, we're stuck. Can I tell you, at times, I'll be real honest as your pastor, and I'm not going to look anybody in the eye right now so that you don't feel it. There are times when I have asked the Lord, please unstuck me from that person. Lord, they are making my life miserable. I'm not going to look at you, but you shouldn't say amen too loud either. I just want you to know, because somebody around you is starting to apply that to their life. But Lord, they are making my life miserable, and I'm not quite sure that they are supposed to be a part of this body. Anybody ever felt that? So what do I do? I can't look at you. I just walk around with my head down. I say, Lord... You know what I do? I start with me. And I say, God, I imagine that there's some people that say or feel the same thing about me. I rub people the wrong way. <sighs> there are times when I don't walk by the Spirit. And if that's the only encounter that somebody has of my life is when I'm in the flesh, I can imagine that they would not want to be around me. So, Lord, would you forgive me? not representing you well. And just about the time I start working on myself, that other person starts to become a little bit more bearable because I see myself in them. I start looking at them. <laughs> not looking at anybody specific. I don't know. A good communicator always looks over the top of their heads, and so I'm just going to do that. No. 
We're stuck with one. So we better start working it out. Now, when I say that, you don't have to say it when we're not welcome. Sometimes we can get away from the body of Christ by moving to another part of the body of Christ. And my, my ear will migrate to my toes. You know, that's become a toenail. Now, how that works? I'm not a biologist, so don't blame me for bad analogies. But really, can we move that far away from somebody unless our heart's that way? Really, the answer is we've got to get our heart that way. And then we're okay. We're okay. We're stuck with one another because of division. Because in your brazen difference of me, you make me better. You make me more like Jesus. It might be that you really encourage me and you help me and you serve me. I love all those body parts. All those ones that really, really treat me well. But it's really the ones that rub us, that, as the scripture says, sharpen us. That we might consider less honorable, less valuable. I think that's what Paul's getting at here. It's not categories. I don't, we all start to go to categories. Okay, who's the less honorable people in here? Because I know I'm one of the honorable people, but who else are the less honorable people in here? I think it's really about there are people in our lives that are less honorable than us, than me. I always feel like that God, <laughs> again, not true for this last experience, but oftentimes God puts those people in my life groups. There are people that God places in my deepest community because he wants to sharpen me. He wants to sharpen you. And if we're all looking at ourselves instead of judging everybody else around us, then we're good. It's those people that never look at themselves that are really the hardest to get around. The ones that always think that they're in the right place. Talking about sharpening. We can help each other out by not being like that. We are together by God's design. Verse 18. But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. Isn't that beautiful? He puts you just where he wants you. He purposely puts you where God wants you. We need each other. We need to honor each other because God has made us this way. Can I have the band come on up? So. Stand up with me. So er, at, the, ooh, at the beginning of the message, I had you look at yourself, and I had you look around. And I had you look at yourself because I felt like that the Lord wanted you to be encouraged with the fact that he has created you uniquely as a prized possession of his. Did I, did I go out? Is that what happened? Did you? Okay. He has created you as a prized possession. He's uniquely placed you in this world and in this season, in this place in your life. I had you look around because until we understand that we are a part of a whole, until we are not just an isolated Christian that can live on our own, but God has said, no, you are part of the body. You can't live by yourself. And we need to start valuing 
one another. And lastly, I communicate that the only way that we can be living in this place is if the Spirit of God has full reign in our life. And so let's start at the end. Would you close your eyes and would you just respond with me here this morning? I feel like I'm off. Am I on? There you go. Okay. So I want you just to ask the Spirit of God to reveal to you ways in which you are not allowing Him to be the source of your life. I want you to ask Him to reveal to you what, you're, what streams you're drinking of or sharing of. That, pat, that, that verse, that word share could be like drinking of the Spirit. We share of the Spirit, we drink of the Spirit, or we drink of other things. So what is it that's filling you up that's not the Holy Spirit? The Spirit of God wants you to drink of Him this morning. Let the Lord just speak to us. So if we are going to walk in unity as a body and love one another, we've got to first deal with our own self-absorption our own self-focus and allow the Spirit of God to fill us with thankfulness, fill us with freedom, fill us with love for Him and one another, to fill us with His mission. We can't give away things unless we are filled up with the things we want to give away. We've got to be filled with the Spirit of God to give the Spirit of God away. Let's manifest that this morning. The Spirit of God, would you do that? Right now, right here. Would you displace idols? Would you forgive sin? Would you fill with yourself? that's you, you're in a place where you are saying, this is exactly where I am today, and God's got his finger on my heart, and you would like for somebody to pray for you in these areas that you're confessing, would you come forward? Just one, if you want to be free of those idols, or you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, or both, would you come forward? I'm going to pray for you. God, the Lord speaking to you. This is the day. This is the day of surrender. This is the day I, I want to mark out as a new, fresh impartation of grace to live through you in ways I haven't lived through you, maybe ever or for a long time. More of God. Who else? As people come forward. If I have some leaders there, go ahead and begin to pray. Tabby.
for this, that his word with intimacy leads to identity. As you draw closer to Jesus, he puts his mark on your life. He lives through you in a powerful way. I need more leaders to come on up and pray. If you're a leader, just come forward. Begin to pray with somebody. Thank you, Erica. Thank you. So, Lord, we respond as the band leads out. Lord, as those who have come forward, Lord, I pray, God, uh, speak to and minister to their specific need. As we stand in the congregation, respond to you. Fill our hearts with worship. Lord, it might be that you place intercession in our hearts for others. Lord, it might be that you begin to speak something fresh, even as we begin to sing. Lord, we are open for the next couple of minutes for you, God, to do what you want to do in our lives. Fill us. Fill us with love. Fill us with your spirit. Lord, unite us as we humble ourselves before you. 